Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod book, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to give you the 2021 NFL Draft Top 20 defensive side of the ball. Last week, if you have not caught it, if you have not listened to it, uh, we gave you the offensive side of the ball, the top 20. Uh, this is a consensus, so both of us, we, we make up a top 20 list, or well, top 25, actually. Uh, and then we just, uh, you know, we kind of put, put it together, you know, yada, yada, yada. And we, yeah, there, there's a couple of differences. Brad and I are definitely different. A couple of players that I, I personally am a little surprised about. So either way, that should be fun. That'll be the, the final topic right before golden point of faith. But first and foremost, Brad, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, we had snow last night, uh, up here, uh, in Kentucky. It was weird. Uh, I, woke, I fell asleep about eight 30, woke up at 11 and there was snow on the ground. Uh, it was 70 when I woke up yesterday. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I wasn't a bad thing. I just thought it was weird, but I, I'm doing good, man. Uh, yeah, it dropped below freezing last night. So uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it it was yeah, we didn't get any snow, thankfully. But uh, yeah, either way. Um, all right, so let's start with our NASCAR picks as always. Uh, NASCAR picks. Look, Brad, neither of us. Uh, Neither of us had Alex Bowman winning uh, uh, as he took home the checkered flag out at Richmond and an epic finish against Danny Hamlin. Uh, so neither of us actually scored any points as neither uh, as neither of our competitors finished in the top ten. Uh, but now I still lead Brad eight to seven, uh, so that that's nice to say. I uh, I'm leading eight to seven. Let me one more time. I am leading eight to seven. I, I'm just kidding, but either way, I mean. I feel like I could lose the lead at any point, but that is uh, what it is. Uh, this week is Talladega. Let's go, uh, Talladega. Uh, one of the biggest races of the year. One of the most fun races of the year. A lot of, um, man, uh, we, we uh, th- there's been a lot of epic, uh, epic races at Talladega, that's for sure. Uh, but either way, Brad, who, who do you have winning this week? Yeah, so I haven't had a chance to really look up uh, the odds on who's going to win and why and all that good stuff, but I feel like Denny Hamlin's been just right there uh, on top of just every race. I mean, he's been a guy who, uh, you know, who's there, and uh, you can't count him out to the very end of the race. I mean, we saw that even last week. Uh, but in saying that, I'm not the biggest NASCAR guy, too. I've heard Talladega Knights from uh, – Ricky Bobby, but uh, as far as uh, actually watching it, I don't think I've ever watched a game there or a game, a race. Uh, but yes, Danny Hamlin seems like he's close. I haven't picked him yet, so why not? Maybe he'll win one for me. Yeah, Talladega is kind of like um, I, I would compare it to the the I would compare it to a playoff game in the NFL. I mean, obviously NASCAR has playoff races. But Talladega is that big of a race to NASCAR. Uh, and so uh, maybe like um, – I wouldn't say it's the Masters. I'd say it's probably the U.S. Open compared to uh, the uh, golf or tennis world. Uh, obviously, well, the tennis doesn't have the Masters, but still. Uh, tennis, I guess, with their Masters would probably be like Wimbledon 
I guess so. Uh, either way, yeah, um, yeah, just trying to show my knowledge of uh of those littler sports there. I guess you'd say. All right, uh, Brad, you're going to take Denny Hamlin. That's a great pick. He has been. I'm a little worried uh, about him, but I'm going to take Ryan Newman uh, because look, if anyone knows how to win on the big tracks, it's Ryan Newman. Um, you know, he he's coming from a time when um, he's coming from a time when he, he's coming back from a horrible race. Uh, and I can't remember. I think that happened at Daytona like two years ago, I believe. I don't think it was Talladega. I'm pretty sure it was Daytona. But anyways, um, my you know, I, I don't have the greatest of memory. Uh, it, it, that's beside the point, I guess. Uh, but, um, yeah, Ryan Newman's my pick in this one. I, I think that uh, – I, I think that he is a he is definitely a not a he he's not a favorite and he might not even be a safe pick honestly but uh who you know we're neither of us are getting points by picking safe picks really so we've hardly been able to get any points because of that so either way Brad um yeah so I'm gonna take Ryan Newman also Brad the next the next topic on our list is alex smith he's retired from the nfl after 16 years look he's not a hall of famer he isn't but he'll be remembered forever as having the best comeback to ever happen um you know brad honestly should the comeback player of the year award be named after him and then also uh do you have a favorite memory of alex smith uh let's see yeah so as far as the award goes i don't even know who's named after right now uh not that i don't know if it really matters oh it's nobody okay well there you go uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think there's some consideration there just because, again, uh, everything that he went through. Uh, and if you want to hear more me and Robert's thoughts on that, go back and listen to. Uh, I, I don't know the awards, I think the NFL awards episode that we did, um, I want to say yeah, NFL awards episode. But yeah, I mean, why not? It's not named after anybody right now. And I think he's had the biggest comeback probably physically than anybody else has uh, in the NFL um, as far as the defining moment by him. Uh, when what his Utah Utes beat uh, Alabama 2006 was it? I don't know. That might be my defining moment of Alex Smith. I don't really have anything. To, I mean, he did all right in the pros, but I don't think there's there's a moment where I'm like, I remember that Alex Smith play in the NFL. You know, for me, it's not really about it's not really about seeing a out there's a couple of moments that where it wasn't his finest moment i remember uh, his playoff game with the 49ers against the giants uh that was a what was an epic game wasn't it i believe it was him starting in that game well, yeah it was i believe i think they were facing the giants uh, anyways i know uh i think kaepernick played the giants in in the playoffs as well so maybe i maybe i'm getting that confused but uh, obviously i remember him uh, uh Going up against uh, my Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota when the when the Titans made that epic comeback against the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the wild card round, um, I remember that. Um, but I think the most defining moment of Alex Smith's career is the fact that he was able to come back last year and play, Brad. Uh, that that's got to be the most defining moment, and that's why I do think to um, that's why I do think that he he deserves to. Uh, that's why I do think that he deserves to have the comeback player of the year award named after him. And I think it, I think it should. Uh, and honestly, I think it probably will. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. If it's going to be named after anybody, uh, the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award, it just makes sense. It really does. All right, Brad, speaking of, uh, of medical issues, uh, because that, that is what we 
and uh, that is what we're kind of well, we're deeming uh, with Alex Smith and everything. But anyways, um, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, he has informed teams that he is managing epilepsy. Uh, epilepsy is a central nervous system uh, neurological disorder in, in which the brain activity becomes abnormal, causing seizures or periods of unusual behavior. Uh, this dis- the disorder has not impacted his football career. I believe he'll grow out of it as his other family members have. It's great news. Brad, um, do you think this will cause him to fall down the draft board? If so, how far? And just kind of your thoughts. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to fall down that far. I mean, even if you look at the medical explanation of epilepsy, I mean, there's something that people can grow out of. Um, and I think at the same time, I mean, if it was that, if it affected him that much, I think you would actually see uh, teams dropping on him. And you don't see that. I mean, maybe you'll see a few back off in the next few days, but – I'd just be really surprised if that defined where he got drafted because, again, it hasn't really affected his football career just yet. Um, I, I agree, and, I, and honestly, I think it's got to be a – I think that we we should commend him for, for playing uh, like he has uh, with this disorder. Um, now, if it's affecting him, now I think that, you know – could it be a defining factor in the 49ers possibly taking him? Maybe. Uh, could it be a defining factor in the Jets possibly taking him? Maybe. But, I mean, how far does he fall? I think the farthest he's going to fall is to the Patriots at 15. But if he were to fall past the Broncos, see a team like the Patriots trade up to get him. Um, but – uh, either way, I, yeah, I, I think Justin Fields, I don't want to give away too, too much of, you know, that talk uh, and save a little bit more of that for next week. But uh, when we do our mock draft, by the way, folks, uh, that'll be a fun, fun time. I can't wait for that. But either way, um, Justin Fields, I think that he will be uh, – I think he'll be just fine. Um, I think he will be uh, – yeah, I think he'll be just fine. Um, if, if the doctors believe he'll outgrow it as well, I mean, I really don't think there's anything to worry about, but – I, who knows? I, I mean, you know, you got so many you, – you have draft prospects this year, Caleb Farley, for instance. I mean, he's probably going to fall pretty far because of his back procedure. Now, granted, a back procedure is not a good thing. Um, but, you know, it's still – you're going to have some of these guys with medical issues. Uh, I remember uh, Jeffrey Simmons. You know, he tore his ACL. Uh, he fell. Uh, my Titans were able to get him. Probably shouldn't have been able to if he didn't tear his ACL, right? Um, or a guy like, uh, what, Montez Sweat, right, of the uh, Washington football team. I mean, he failed because of medical issues. They, these are just guys I, I, you know, remember offhand. Um, I think also uh, Miles Jack, I think, he, I think he failed because of medical issues as well. So uh, just, you know, I, I'm sure there's plenty of them out there that has – has fallen because of medical issues and and every one of those guys that I mentioned have all uh I mean turned out to not have too bad a career so far uh Montez Sweat not really talked about but I mean you know Chase uh, Chase Young being there kind of overshadows him now but either way Brad um yeah I mean I, I bring up all these defensive guys kind of for a reason though and that is because Brad we're our top 20 and defensive players for the 2021 draft, NFL draft. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about 
a couple of issues that I that I that I have with this year's defensive players. Um, I, I don't. I think it's kind of a down year for defensive players. And honestly, Brad, I don't know if anyone besides maybe one or two players are elite. Not saying they can't grow into being elite players. I'm sure more will. But I mean, really, one or two players honestly are the only ones that really stick out to me as being elite caliber guys. Um, and Brad, I mean, how do you? I mean, how do you feel about this, about the defensive players? I mean, I don't think that there's a whole lot of pass rush out there. I don't think that there's a, you know, defensive lines kind of slim. Um, there's a lot of corners, but, you know, does anyone really stick out? So, you know, I think that there's a lot of defensive players who are going to go in the first round. Uh, in other years, they may not have went in the first round or as early in the first round. So, Brad, what's your thoughts on the defensive players this year and uh, maybe the lack thereof of, of talent? Yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a I think there's a lot of things that play in effect. I think more than ever, uh, you know, I think this draft more than last last year's draft by by a mile uh, has been has been really affected by COVID. And so, I mean, you might say, well, this is a good guy, but we've only saw him in four games last year. This is a good guy, but uh, you know, someone like a Trey Lance, like, well, we only saw him in one game last year. Uh, you know, like, so I think going into this year, whether it's offense or defense, uh, you're kind of taking the game. I mean, you're just going basically off their pro days if they hold one. And then uh, what happens at the combine? So, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of question marks going in, you know, especially with those who uh, may be on the edge and they're, they're, uh, maybe their agent just said, hey, you know, just take 2020 off you know, show out and show up at, at Pro Day and, and Combine. And so I think this year more than probably ever, or, or at least since they, we've had the internet uh, and people have been putting together mock drafts and analysts and all that stuff, uh, this is probably the most unknown year, um, you know, because again, we we don't, we haven't got, everybody's varied on when they've been able to, to perform and, and how many games or even if they did. And so, I mean, one of those being Michael Parsons who opted out of 2020. So, um, or no, maybe he didn't. There's somebody else that opted out of 2020. Either way, either way, there are a lot of players opted out of 2020, uh, like Jamar Chase, uh, for example, who we just don't know. Like, yes, he could have been better than Devontae Smith, but you're almost going out on a limb drafting him early just because you didn't get to see him play last year. So, you know, I agree with that. And, and two, I also think that I, I think that there is a, you know, I, I said the same thing about offensive last week but um but you know i think that there is a there's becoming a divide i think that there's the divide of you see you're seeing a lot of playmakers mm -hmm. um really becoming top heavy because look brad this nfl draft there is a chance that not one defensive player goes in the top 10 now I I don't necessarily see that. I think that there I think that there could be at least one, maybe two, depending on the needs of the teams. But I mean, you know, when was the last time no defensive players went in the top ten? I mean, I I don't think they get out of the top ten, but still, um, or I don't think they get much further than the top ten. But yeah, either way, I mean that you know. I don't, I just don't, I don't remember a last time that something like that happened. But either way, Brad, let's jump into it. We This is our 2021 NFL Draft Top 20 for the defensive side of the ball. Brad, we'll start with the odd numbers. I will do the even numbers. 
So, Brad, without further ado, who is our number one consensus player? Yeah, and I will say, like, even before I reveal number one, both one and two for us were a consensus. So, like, without a doubt, when we gave, when we don't sit down together, we give our players out, and you'll see that in a couple other picks throughout the throughout our mock draft or our, our perspectives, our top twenty uh, defensive perspectives, is that uh, we don't usually line up very well, but our top two are, are the same top two. So, without further ado, this probably isn't a surprise. It's Michael Parsons, linebacker at Penn State. Look. Is there some question marks of his his character off the field? Yes, um, we've seen that before. Laramie Tunsil, I mean, you name it. There, there, there's tons of NFL uh, prospects that there are questions because they're a character off the field. Uh, but at the same time, you're drafting uh, for performance, and you're hoping that having the staff that you do shapes up the person off the field as well. Not always works out, but regardless, uh, before I digress even more, you know, he's the best probably run defender, uh, blitzer and tackler in, in the draft. And I, and I will say that he kind of reminds me a lot of Isaiah Simmons, where he has the build of a hybrid type player, which can go either on the line or off the line, kind of like a TJ Watt. He has the speed to be a TJ Watt like player uh, for a team to be able to explode the uh, middle of the field. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, he led the league, he led the, the league, he led the team um, tackles both of his years. And, uh, you know, the, I think the only thing I'd be worried about is we've only seen him as a true freshman and sophomore. So, uh, you know, he took 2020 off. So again, we're going off the first two years. Did he improve Did taking a year off really affect him? Uh, usually when you have the instincts, there's not, I mean, taking time off isn't going to affect you that bad, but again, Going into 2021 draft, there's going to be a lot of players at that where it took off 2020 and really leaves us with some question marks is, do we have enough tape? Do we have enough evidence for them to be a difference maker when you draft them in this, this 2021 NFL draft? Yeah, number uh, number one being uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, look, I think Micah Parsons is a great linebacker. Uh, and I agree. I think he's a hybrid type player playing off the line, uh, you know, on the line even. Uh and now, obviously, I don't expect him to play in the line. I don't expect him to drop back and play in the safety or corner. Uh, but, look, he can play almost anywhere on that front seven um, or at least in a or at least in a three, four type defense um, or in a hybrid type defense. But either way, um, yeah, it's Michael Parsons. I think he's the most versatile player. Um, honestly, I think he's the most versatile player in this entire draft personally. Uh, and so. Um, and definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, number two overall for our consensus top 20 is Patrick Sartre, the second cornerback out of Alabama. Look, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of secondary players come out. Well, a lot of really – a lot of great defensive players, uh, offense too, but mostly a lot of defensive players come out of Alabama. And especially when it comes to the secondary, I think that Nick Saban, um, he, he does such a magnificent job on the defensive side of the ball, but also at the secondary position that I don't know if Patrick Sartan can be any better than what he was and I'm not saying he can't grow and do, you know, obviously he's going to, you know, he's going to get stronger. He could get faster, yada, yada, yada. He could get into his prime, you know, those arguments. But uh, Patrick Sertan, I think, is the most – I think he is he is so ready to step into a, a corner, a CB1, a DB1 on a team. Uh, and I think he's a game changer from day one. But, you know, what you get in his rookie sophomore year – 
you might not get much better than that. So um, that, that's the only thing I that's the only knock at Patrick Sartan for me. But either way, number two, Patrick Sartan, the second out of Alabama. Yeah, and I will say before I go into three, I mean, he had he defended a thousand passes and only got three touchdowns. I mean, that's impressive. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care what competition you're playing. At. That's impressive. But uh, right. I, and look, and they didn't play teams like Tennessee and Vanderbilt every week. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they still were playing a guy like Jamar Chase, for instance. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're, you know, he played against guys who are at the top of this NFL draft. And so he's got the resume. Um, you know, can, can he continue to be as dominant as he was in college? We'll see. I mean, it, you know, the NFL guys are definitely totally different than college, so we'll see. Yeah, that's. I think it's a good. I think that was a good pick, and that's why we have them both at our as our one and two uh, on both sides of our drafts. Number three, uh, it might not be so much of a surprise now. Maybe if we told you this a month and a half ago, it'd be more of a surprise. But uh, there's a guy named J.C. Horn, quarterback out of USC, or also known as South Carolina. Uh, you look, he he's a little handsy. Uh, you know, he, he's probably a little too handsy for the NFL, but uh, he, he done well. Uh, you know, I, he only gave up eight catches from 24 targets in SEC last season. So not a huge sample size there, but I think his pro day uh, really has helped excel him. He's fast, he's physical, he's big. Um, and that's what, we, that's what the people want in the NFL right now. They don't want these slim little corners. They don't work out. They get burned out too easily. Um, and so, yeah, so I think teams are going to be chomping at the bit uh, to get him and hopefully – uh, he'll work out. I think. I think there, the the some issues he needs to clear up is obviously he was flagged five times last year. So out of the twenty four targets, he was flagged five times. That's a high percentage for only having twenty four targets uh, thrown your way. And in the NFL, it's a little bit more tighter. So he has to be more careful with that. And then the other thing is like, is he more of a project or is he going to be a, a automatic starter? And I think that's what. And that might be how it reflected on your job. I know you had him a little lower than I did, Robert, but. Um, you know, he's raw and uh, we've seen raw projects go into the NFL and they don't they don't necessarily work out. So I think that's his only question mark going into the draft. Um, you're right, Brad. I, I did have Jason a little lower than, than you did. And, and one of the reasons for that is because I do believe he's a bit of a project, um, you know, coming from a school like South Carolina. Sure, you're in the SEC, but, you know, you're kind of you're. You're, you're not a big – you're you know, you're not the best school in the SEC. You're not one of the better schools in the SEC. You're one of the – you're one of the worst, honestly, if I'm being honest with it, but not trying to throw shade at his school, but still. Um, but J.C. Horn, honestly, Brad, you know, and the knock that I had on Patrick Sertan was that I don't know if he can get better, if he can elevate his game. I think J.C. Horn, when it's all said and done and the dust is cleared – and Years from now, we're going to look back at this draft and we're going to say J.C. Horn was the best corner in this draft, and uh, and I and I truly believe that. And so uh, J.C. Horn, I think he's got all the potential in the world. Um, you know, will he probably let me down because I, I feel like he is that good? Eh, maybe, but hey, maybe not. Who knows? But either way, yeah, he he's really come along. And uh, but I'm not, you know, nothing to take away from uh, Patrick Jertan or a couple of other guys that we're about to talk about. But, yeah, I do think J.C. Horn could be the best corner to come out of this – or best DB, I guess, to come out of this draft uh, in 10 years from now. Not right now, but in 10 years from now. Number four overall is Aziz Ola – Ola – Ola – Ola Jarley – Larley? I don't – anyways, look, I'm way too country to be – to be trying to say some of these names, all right? Anyways, but he is from – 
the great state of Georgia. All right. So, I mean, at least I, I can say that one. Um, yeah. So he's from the University of Georgia. He plays defensive end. Brad, we got him at number four here. I think we were both pretty on par with this one as well. And uh, we, we both think he's the best pass rusher coming out of this uh, coming out of this draft. And uh, well, I guess outside of Micah Parsons, right? I mean, I guess Micah Parsons could be considered a, a better pass rusher uh, as high as Lee as we are talking about him. But either way, um, yeah, look, Aziz is uh, – he's – I mean, I don't know a whole lot to say about him, but he stood out on a fantastic Georgia defense, a fantastic Georgia Bulldog defense. He was a standout, and uh, I think that that – I think that that matters a lot, Brad. Um, so, yeah, number four is uh, – yeah, Aziz uh, – Azizo, A.O., number four is A.O. Yeah, something like that. All right. Uh, number five is someone who's a little bit easier to pronounce, and that is Caleb Farley. So, Caleb Farley is a safety out of Virginia Tech. Look, the reason why we probably have him this low, and I can't remember where he was on your list. I know I'm a little lower on mine. Uh, I originally had him at seven. Is really because he had that back surgery. So, uh, that worries me a little bit. That would be that would worry me a little bit if I was a GM. Back surgeries are not fun, one. And two, uh, I feel like when people have back surgeries, they, they get re-injured a lot. They, they tweak things. They're down a lot. Uh, so I think the big question mark here with Caleb Farley is his injury, uh, his back surgery and how that affects him uh, going on. But, I mean, you look at him in college, he only gave a pass rating of only 26.8. That's really impressive. Uh, he Obviously, uh, people are going to stay away from throwing to him. He has elite speed down the field. And then, you know, look, he's six foot two, 207. Again, for a corner, that's a big guy in the NFL. And so – uh, he's going to be a, a good cornerback if he can not fall into the trap of injuries, which he can't really help uh, coming off of the back surgery. So question right there because of back surgery. But overall, I think if he didn't have the back surgery, he'd be a lot higher in our in our mock draft. Um, well, I agree. I had him at number five. You had him at number seven. But consensus-wise, he falls to the number five spot. Um, yeah, look, Caleb Farley, a great player. I, I fully expect him to fall um, – well – I think he'll fall pretty far for one because of uh, the players taking in the top 10, mostly offense, uh, but also um, because of the back problems. I mean, look, you know, back surgery, that's a lot scarier, Brad, than say, you know, having surgery on your forearm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, having surgery on your hand. Um, now, granted, your hands and your forearms are very important as a, as a defensive back, but still, um, you know, back issues, a lot of people back issues. I mean, you know, I, I'm getting older, so I, I feel a little bit of I feel a little bit of that back pain sometimes in the morning, a little harder to get up every every single morning. It seems a little 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 harder, a little more difficult to get up, but he's playing elite wide receivers in the NFL. And so having back issues, um, that's you gotta be leery about that. But I don't think um, I, I don't, I think, uh, he, you know, he's young enough. I think he'll, he'll be fine now later in his career. Does it cut his career short though? That might be more of a question. Um, will it cut his career short, but we'll see. Anyways, Caleb Farley, great talent and he's going to, and he's at least going to, I think he can give six to eight great years to whoever drafts him. Um, I don't know how much further past that, but six to eight great years. Um, all right, number six, consensus-wise, is Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami, out of the U. Um, look, 
you know, Miami, well, they got about, what, three pass rushers, I believe, that uh, at least two of them are going to be on this list. Maybe, maybe, maybe another. Uh, I don't think so, but maybe. I don't want to give it away. But anyways, uh, Jalen Phillips, though, um, you know, when you have two other guys who are NFL talents right around you and you're ranked higher than both of them, um, does that say something about you? I think so. You know, I know uh, you brought up T.J. Watt earlier. Uh, you know, I, I take a pairing like T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. Now, Bud Dupree's on the Titans now. But, you know, Bud Dupree, when he went down, I think it affected everybody else. So, does Jalen Phillips, you know, did his play elevate other people or did others play elevate him? And maybe that maybe that's where the question mark comes in with Jalen Phillips. Uh, look, but he he's a great defensive end. I think he's a, he's probably I think he's a little undersized. I think that's what I have about him. Um, but uh, he should be he should be fine. Maybe I, maybe I'm talking about somebody else who's undersized. I, I think I am. Well, there's two of them. I think I think he's a little undersized, and then one other guy is also undersized uh, who I'll get to a little later. But either way. Phillips, number six overall for uh, Brad and I in this ranking. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it, I think it definitely affected uh, him and the outcome he's, he was able to have going into the season. And so uh, number seven for us is Christian Barmore, a defensive end originally from Philadelphia, so represent, uh, played for Bama, uh, had had a chance to play for Bama or Baylor. But, you know, the three the three years he start, uh, he, he had stats too. Uh, 2018, he didn't play as a freshman, but 2019, he had three sacks. You're like, I don't know. It's not a whole lot. He had 17 hurries. But at the end of the day, he only played 269 snaps. He goes on and increases, actually doubles his snaps in 2020. Uh, comes away with eight sacks, 20 run stops, 27 hurries, uh, four batted passes. So, I mean, if you look at him, like, yes, like, there might be some inconsistency at times. I mean, he showed against Tennessee and Florida who don't necessarily have the best offensive lines out there. But at the same time, uh, I mean, for a man to jump, you know, as much as he did from 2019-2020, uh, took advantage of people people sitting out, uh, he's definitely worth looking at. I think he uh, is going to do well somewhere that just needs somebody to come off. Again, a little inconsistent, but at the same time, I think if he can keep it together and be consistent – uh, he's definitely the best defensive man on probably on the on the board. High remarks there for Barmore. And hey, by the way, my balls have a pretty good offensive line last year. Uh, just saying. So I mean, he played against good competition. Uh, either way, look, that's the only time we're going to talk about my balls all day long. So uh, you know, if if I'm making him, if I'm Alabama player, look better. By giving props to my balls, that first of all, that's probably not a good thing. But second of all, um, look, it is what it is. Okay, uh, but either way, uh, Christian Barmore, great, a great pick there. Uh, I, I think number seven overall. Um, so, you, I mean, you you think that he? I think you had him over Jalen Phillips, I believe. Um, I think I did. Me, yeah, uh, and then, but either way, uh, yeah, I mean, Christian Barmore. No, actually, I didn't. I had him three spots back. Okay. Well, either way, I think that he is a, uh, I think that he is a really good player. Um, but yeah, I think that he's, uh, you know, I think he's going to have to come into his own uh, in the NFL and maybe that's a little bit of a knock on him. Who knows? All right. Number eight, Avon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. Look, this is a guy who's kind of been hyped up ever since his freshman year. Uh, and he's kind of, 
he's kind of had a lot of hype, you know, around him. And I think that um, now hype, because he's really good, you know, don't get me wrong. He is a really good player, but also hype because can he live up to that hype? Um, And so, you know, he played for a team like Tulsa who, well, you know, we, we brought up a couple of other guys who didn't really play against the greatest of competition, or at least we brought up, you know, a couple of guys, or we will be bringing up a couple of guys who didn't play against the greatest of competition. So playing at Tulsa, you know, whenever you see these t- small school guys who are, who are great players, don't get me wrong, but you see these small school guys, you have to question, you know, Hey, you know, aren't playing against they you know, they weren't playing against other NFL caliber guys every week. So if at all, and so, you know, we have to, we have to take that in consideration, but Zayvon Collins, um, I think he's a great linebacker. And I think that he, I think that he has the ability to live up to the height, but you know, like I said, who knows? I mean, there's been a lot of linebackers to come out of uh, small schools and be great. So uh, I think, uh, I I think Zayvon Collins, he's, he, he has got uh, he has got the luck of that on his side. Zayvon Collins, uh, number eight in our in our consistent rankings, and should be should be a really good player in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's even been talks of the Steelers looking at him uh, to replace the Bud Dupree hole. And uh, you know, there's a guy named Khalil Mack came out of Blue School called Buffalo, and he's doing pretty good if I say so myself. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to go with – at number nine, we're going to go with Jeremiah Owusu Kuramoa. So, hey, you had the Ojulari. I want to say Jeremiah Owusu, Owusu Kuramoa. So, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy you got him, Brad. I, I honestly am. I mean, yeah. if, if I would have tried to say that, I would have just said it's uh, it's Jeremy okay, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be his nickname. I don't know, but – uh, and saying that, you know, he did play for Notre Dame. I get it. And their defense isn't the best necessarily. But, uh, you know, he wanted to be an all-ACC. Uh, he was uh, Notre Dame's first unanimous All-American since uh, Quentin Nelson in 2017 and first Irish defender since Manti Teo in 2012 to get that award. Uh, he had a great season. Uh, he's 221 pounds. You don't see that at the linebacker position. He's versatile. He's good in the coverage. Uh, he's explosive. He has good instincts. Look, he racked up 62 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, one interception, three pass breakups, and three forced fumbles over 12 games. You're probably like, that's not really big numbers. But I would say, if you look at those numbers, he's an all-around stat guy. And that's what you want in the NFL. You don't want a guy who's going to, yeah, it's great that he's going to give you 160 tackles a season. But at the same time, I mean, if he's not going to be effective anywhere else, you know, you know, how long is he really going to be a starter for your team? And so I think it's really good. If I'm looking at somebody, and right now, yes, he plays in ACC, but looking at somebody who's going to cover the stat sheet, he would be the one that comes to mind. So that's why we have him as high as we do at number nine. Of course, uh, I think I had him maybe a little bit – trying to think of where I had him. I had him about 10, so I think we had him about the same spot almost. Uh, but, yeah, so coming out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu koromoa uh, linebacker, uh, is number nine for us in our consensus top uh, 20, 20 defensive picks. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jeremy, okay. Look, he uh... – he is uh he's a great player. He is, and like I said, he's a stat or like you said, he's a stat pattern. Uh and uh, you know, sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's not a great thing. But uh look, if you can count on him to get the tackle, to get the most important tackle of the game, um, you know, I think that that's a big deal. All right, number 10, Brad. Yeah, people are probably wondering, 
when's this guy going to come off the board? Because he's kind of fallen. Um, I had him as high as number three on my board. And so when I saw that Brad had him all the way down at number 15, I was like, wow, okay. Um, I think Brad believes that this guy might be a little overhyped. Um, and I think that there, I think he could be overhyped. I don't get me wrong. I think he definitely could be, but I think he's got a lot of raw talent and he's definitely, when it comes to defensive line play, um, he's one of the best in this, in this draft. That's for sure. And that's Mr. Quitty play, Mr. Quitty pay out of Michigan. Um, you know, look, he is, uh, he's a guy who, I, I don't really know. I, I, I really, in all honesty, like I have him high. So I, I kind of want to pass this off to you, Brad. And I want to know why you have him as low as you do. Um, because this was when I saw, I was like, wow, really? So Brad, uh, not trying to pass this one off to you too much, but I, I mean, I do want to know why you have him as low as you do, because I do think he's got a lot of talent and uh, deserved to be a little higher. But, uh, but yeah, Brad, well, what's your thoughts on Quiddy Pillow? Yeah, well, I mean, I was looking at everybody else's just times, how they did the pro day, kind of, and I like, I love stats. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, that's just my kind of thing. I think his first two, three seasons, I mean, he was really inconsistent. And then, the, you know, he had a breakout season last year, but at the same time, a lot of that was garbage time. I mean, they were, they were not, Michigan was not good last year. And a lot of that came, you know, garbage time against like little teams that they were playing. And so to me, I mean, granted, now if you, I, I granted, I'm not an expert. Um, so if you go look at somebody else's mock draft or top 25 defensive players, or whatever the case may be, they're probably going to have them a lot higher than I ever had them. Uh, but again, I think he's raw. I think a lot of it came during garbage time. And that would be my biggest worry because in the NFL, like, unless you play for the, uh, uh, let me see, unless you play for the Jets, you're not going to have a lot of garbage time. And so, um, and so I, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm curious on whether or not he would be a three down starter for teams. Okay. No, I like that. I, I do. Um, yeah. Again, I, I really wanted to know your explanation on it. Um, I do think that he, um, you got to be worried that he could be a, I don't want to say bust, but not as good of a player uh, for you. I think that he's probably not going to get drafted until the mid twenties anyways, but, um, but I think that he is a, uh, I, I think that he's a really good – I think he's got a lot of talent, and maybe it's just about development and, and getting that chance. But uh, we will – we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Uh, now, look, I, I don't want anyone to think that, that Brad and I are, uh, are, are Michigan haters because if you listen to our offensive episode, um, there is a, a Michigan uh, t- tackle uh, – a tackle out of Michigan uh, – what is that? I think it is. Uh, let me let me see. Jalen Mayfield. That there, there we go. Jalen Mayfield. We had him. He dropped uh, pretty far um, down the list, and and people probably thought he should have been higher. But either way, uh, we're not Michigan haters. But uh, but <clears throat> Brad's a <laughs> Brad's a Penn State fan though, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Either way. Um, all right, Brad. <laughs> who who do we got at number eleven? I will say I will say there's a guy that's going to be coming up. It's a Penn State uh, draft prospect who I, I had a lot a lot lower than you did. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, so uh, the name I'm going to throw out here is probably one you don't hear of a lot. In fact, if unless you're just on the West Coast or you're just a huge uh, Ducks fan, you probably don't know this guy. 
Uh, the only reason why he comes into this draft is I had him ranked pretty high. Uh, you didn't have him on his list. Um, this is how he came in, and it's Javon Holland from Oregon. Look, you probably never really heard the name. I think he's going to be a sleeper in the draft. Uh, you know, before he sat out for 2020, he had nine picks uh, as, as a cornerback. And, you know, in the Pac-12 pass happy, that's pretty good, I feel like. And so, um, so yeah, I think Javon Holland, uh, you know, he's a good tackler. He's fast. Um, you know, he has great instincts. I think his downside is maybe explosiveness. I say fast. I think fast and explosive are definitely different. Um, but he's a good tackler, and he has good instincts. And he's improved every year he's played. And so I, I think there's a lot of upside with Javon Holland. Yeah, Brad, you had him all the way up at number three. Uh, I did not have him on my top 25. Uh, we only give out the top 20, but we we give out – we give each other our top 25. Um, but I think him setting out last year has probably kind of put him down the board some. Um, but, look, that means somebody might find a dominant diamond in the rough, man. I mean, I remember a guy like – you know, like a Kevin Byard, for instance, for the Tennessee Titans. I mean, you know, he played at MTSU, so no one really knew about him except for maybe the Titans. Well, the Titans took him in the third round, and look at him. He's one of the best safeties in the game now. So, uh, Javon Holland, um, I think somebody's probably going to get a steal with him. And honestly, I probably did him a disservice by not putting him in, the, in my top 25 at least. But that's okay. That's all right. Because, look, you know what? I know that people, they're – they're going to listen to this show, you know, the experts, of course, the draft, the, the every GM in the NFL should listen to this. And, and they're going to hear it. They're going to be like, oh, man, that Rob guy is not very high on him. So we'll wait until the third round and uh, let the Titans take him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> all right, Brad, number 12, uh, Trayvon Morig. Morig. Oh, that's horrible! Look, you knew that was going to be bad. I mean, you you knew I was gonna I was going to completely butcher that. Uh, but anyways, Trayvon Trayvon Mo, here we go. Let's go with it. Trayvon Mo, uh, safety out of TCU. Um, you know, here here's my thing about Trayvon. Um, and I actually got into a conversation um with with uh, with another fan or two, um actually about Trayvon and what we talked about was that I actually thought that he I thought that the only reason why he slated mock to maybe go in the first round is because he he's not uh because of the because of the lack of talent in this year's draft so um Trayvon I think he's gonna make someone a good a good player a good safety and you know and a play, fill, a, fill a role in the secondary but um but yeah, I just I I I don't know. I guess I'm not very high on him. But number tw- twelve, Trayvon Mo, safety out of TCU. Brad, who do we got at number thirteen? Yeah, number thirteen, we have uh, Gregory Rizzo. Uh, I think that's how you say his name, Rizzo, right? Usually in in Louisiana, tell EAU sounds out. But anyway, uh, he had a huge season in his freshman campaign. He had 16 sacks. I mean, that's unheard of. Like, I don't care if it's freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. You don't hear that ever in college. I mean, not that much, I think. I mean, obviously, NFL, you, I mean, Strahan and others, you know, they're, they're looking at 20, 25, 22, J.J. Watt. Uh, you know, but even even in the, the league leader in NFL this year, T.J. Watt had 15. And then, yeah, Gregory Rizzo had 16 two years ago. Um, granted, he plays in ACC. 
you know, you had that chance to, to rack up some sacks when you're playing Florida A&M. But at the same time, that's pretty big. He sat out last year. I just want to mean you both had him drop as far as we did. Uh, I think if he would have played last year and built off that 16-sack season, I think he'd be a lot higher in a lot of people's mock drafts. But, again, uh, Greg Rizzo from uh, Miami. Yeah, yeah, players sitting out, Brad, it's really kind of hurt their value this year. Uh, and really, that's unfair to them, but uh, but it's also understandable at the same time. All right, we got number 14, Joseph Asai, linebacker out of Texas. Look, this guy just loves ball. He really does. And I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I have him where I had him. And, and I ranked him. I think I ranked him higher than you did. Maybe I'm a little lower on him. Either way, I think maybe he's a little – undersized for linebacker or for outside pass rusher really um but uh, i think that he he loves ball and uh, and i think that he he's gonna work he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a first guy in last guy out kind of player for you and so uh, joseph asai i think someone's gonna get a really good player out of him a linebacker out of texas brad who do we got at number 16 yeah so we're at 15 but yeah uh we're gonna have jason uwa uwe again Crazy names this year. Uh, oh, we anyway, I actually had him as a Penn State fan lower than you did, I think, by a few spots. But man, he only started playing football in 2016. He's a freak of nature. Okay. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he registered like a 4.39 at the defensive end position uh, in his pro day. So I think a lot of people, especially if you're the Raiders, who get caught up in speed a lot. Uh, you might see him go a little earlier than expected, like with the team with the Raiders who are caught up in speed. I mean, that's a freakish. 40 times for a defensive end. You don't see it a lot. He didn't record a sack last year, but he's a tackling machine. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, yes, you want those who are going to force the sack, but, I mean, he's an edge rusher. I think if he can stop the run for you, get him in the box. And, and I mean, it, again, if you're the Raiders, you're going against CEH and and uh, uh, Denver, Melvin Gordon and, and others, I mean, you need a good good tackler in there. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Jason Uwe defensive end from Penn State at 15. All right, number what I'm sorry, number 16. Yeah, Jermaine Davis, a linebacker out of the University of Kentucky, Brad. Look, um the University of Kentucky has they they have been able to put players in the NFL who were kind of drafted lower, but they were really good players, but they were drafted lower. I don't know if it's because people don't associate Kentucky with, you know, good good football, um, which is understandable. Um, but still, um, Jermaine Davis, look, he his, his pro day really put him up. People are really high on him now. You know, he went from being like a third to fourth round prospect to now a possible first round prospect. Um, so, but anyways, Jermaine Davis, he has every – he has all those qualities – to be the guy for your defense, to be the leader on your defense, to be the guy who is a, the the hinge pin for your defense, um, to be the to be that the guy who who can wear the little headset, you know, and and can have that C on his chest. Um, he has all the qualities to be that guy, and I think he's going to make. I think he's going to be that guy for whatever team drafts him. Uh, you know, depending on if uh, there's not another guy or two there already. Uh, but that's, you know, that's beside the point. So, Jameen Davis, linebacker for the University of Kentucky, number 16. Brad, who do we got at number 17? 
Yeah, we have Davion Nixon. Now, I, I don't know. I don't think you had him on your draft. I, I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you might have had him on your draft. I can't remember. But... I, I think I had him all the way down at like number 25, actually, or or yeah. at least number 20. Yeah, so I had him ranked a little high. Look, yeah, I got caught up a little bit in the Northwestern tape, um, and he's a little inconsistent. He's also only one year of experience, but again, uh, he was able to show up and show out in the Northwestern game. So I know there's some worriness, worrisome going into which Davion Nixon am I going to get. Uh, but again, I think if he shows well in his pro day, uh, he looks like an all-around player without a lot of weaknesses. Um, but again, I think if you look at tape, it's a little worrisome. But again, I think he's enough to be a first-round talent. Uh, we have him at number 17. Number 18 is Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of the University of Georgia. Um, Brad, here's – again, and this is kind of the same thing that I said about my uh, AO up, up all the way at number four. Um, but I, I think the same thing with Tyson Campbell. You know, you play on such a great defense in college that, yes, it could it could elevate you to you know it could make you look even better um because you were you were such a vital part of that defense or when you get to the nfl it could expose you you know you could have had such good players around you that you know it doesn't really you know help you as much but either a tyson campbell he's a he's a he's a cornerback who is he going to be your number one cornerback probably not um, you know, probably not, but I think, can he be a solid number two for you? I think so. Or a solid, even a solid slot guy, maybe a nickel player, a nickel, um, maybe. So I, I don't know if he could be a number one corner, but, uh, I think he could definitely be a solid number two. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think there's, there's a lot of potential there, uh, with Tyson Campbell, uh, number 19 to somebody I didn't, I wasn't very high on. Uh, you had him a lot higher than I did. And that's Asante Samuel Jr. If I remember correctly, did his, his dad play in the NFL, right? I remember that. Name. Oh, well, actually, uh, his dad would also be a, be, be a, a former great Tennessee Vol. I, I, you okay. know, I, I don't, I don't get to talk about, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I think, I think I'm looking at the wrong person here. Oh, anyway, man. well, what is anyway, it? Samuel was his dad, and I'm thinking at the wrong person. I don't know. Anyways, uh, yes, Asante Samuel, also a cornerback in the NFL. Uh, yeah, anyways, I, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just thought that name correlated. I remember that name, but uh, I didn't have him ranked as high because, one, he's undersized. Uh, granted, we just talked about some big cornerbacks that are coming out. J.C. Horn, uh, Patrick Sertin's pretty big. Uh, and then you have a guy like Caleb Farley, who's pretty big as well. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just a little worried about him in the first round. He's undersized. Uh, but, again, you and there was an injury last year, so that didn't help either. And, again, I, injuries scare me away uh, pretty fast, in my opinion. Um, but, it, you know, I guess one pro he has is that he started for three years. Uh, his coverage improved every year. And he's only allowed 179 yards in the coverage last season. So that, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I think any corner that only allows less than 200 yards all season is pretty decent. Again, ACC is run heavy, but at the same time, not bad. Again, not very high on him. But, yeah, number 19 in our top defensive prospects, Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback from Florida State University. Yeah, I'm actually really big on Asante Samuel. Uh, I think that he's a guy who – I think he's a guy who will probably go higher than what he's projected. Uh, is that a good thing? 
eh, well, great for him, right? Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I I think that I don't know if he'll last uh, past the 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 first half of the second round, though, Brad. I think I think he'll go probably in the top ten in the second round, if not before. Um, all right, Brad. Number twenty, we have Carlos Basham, Jr., defensive end out of Wake Forest. Um, that's our final player on here. We do have a tie at 21, but uh, either way, you can mention those if you'd like. But either way, number 20, Carlos Basham Jr., defensive end out of Wake Forest. Um, you know, he's a guy who you've probably heard of him. I mean, honestly, you probably have him. Mean, guy with a name like Carlos Basham, I mean, it's kind of hard not to hear about him. Um, but if you're thinking, man, I've heard that name, because you probably have. Um but he's a guy who he sticks out. But, you know, there is some question marks on whether or not he'll stick out at the NFL level. And so I think that that's probably the biggest thing. Um, either way, Carlos Basham, I think he'll be a good player. Um, probably not. Same thing with Asanta or same thing I had about Tyson Camel. Camel. A Campbell. Um, I don't think I don't think Carlos Basham can be your number one pass rusher, but uh, can he be effective? Like, uh, you know, could he be effective again? You know, beside another person like a T.J. Watt, for instance, or a um, or even a now a, a J.J. Watt, I guess too. But anyways, or or you know, could he be effective uh, alongside another great pass rusher? Sure. And so, anyways, uh, Carlos Basham. You can number 21 tie if you'd like, but if not, let's go into the golden point. Yeah, we said we do our top 20. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go right into the golden point of faith. Uh, those guys, if they were good enough, would have been mentioned. Uh, but anyway, regardless, uh, we're going to go into the golden point of faith. And I think today I was thinking about, hey, we're going to talk about our top 25 defensive perspectives. Uh, and, uh, and you know, the defense, you're going to – you know, the goal of defense is to stop the offense from advancing and scoring points, right? And the better you play defense – the more likely you have at winning a game, most likely. Okay, I know there's some, some there's some oddball abnormalities in there, but but you play defense well to win games. You stop them from scoring points, so your offense can score. Uh, you do it long enough, and there's you usually are paid off with a win, hopefully. Uh, but what I want to relate that to is in James 1, 12 through fifteen. Look, as a Christian, we are to play defense too. Uh, we're we're going to be encountering sin every day, almost every moment. Uh, whether it's an old habit we fall into or something pops up or whatever the case may be, we're, we're constantly tempted uh, with sin. The devil wants us to fall. He wants us to, to fall into that guilt and shame and not be utilized by God. And uh, something that really spoke out to me a couple of days ago in my quiet time, which again, thinking about, we were talking about defense today. I thought this was a perfect opportunity for me to talk about this. James 1, 12 through 15 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they yeah, afterward they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So I hope that you you, you understand what I'm talking about. You know, we have to be on guard at all times because we let just a, the little a lot of times when people fall, like whether it's a pastor who has an affair, you know, someone kills somebody, you know, and that's extreme, maybe a heavy porn addiction, which leads to 
you know, being in the buying prostitutes, whatever the case may be, a lot of that falls into just allowing those small cracks to happen. And the second you allow those small cracks to happen, you don't play defense. It eventually, I mean, it's like a river. You let a little bit of water out of the dam. And if that hole, eventually that hole gets bigger and bigger from the pressure and eventually busts and it all just comes out. And so just think about that the next time. Like when something tempts you, go on the defense, get in the word, pray, maybe reach out to somebody who holds you accountable. Um, but at the same time, you know, a lot of times it's easier to, the, it's, it's always easier to stop it from increasing to a, a more severe situation if you can stop it in the beginning. And that's like defense. The defense plays well most of the game. There's an opportunity for the offense to score at the end, win the game, whatever the case may be, uh, that happens. But, again, the defense has to play well and play disciplined the whole time in order for that to happen. And just like that, as Christians, we are to play well and play disciplined all the time against spiritual temptation. So that's what I had today, Robert. Uh, it was fun, and I uh, hope you enjoyed. Hope the listeners enjoyed our top 20 defensive prospects of the 2021 draft. Amen, Brad. Amen. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments and go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.